Why, hello, and welcome everybody to Talking is a Free Action. This is our weekly show where inhabitants of the material plane are lifted entirely voluntarily and not at all against their own volition and put through a series of challenge rooms and questions so that we can see what makes them tick. To what end? Well, <laughs> I'm blasted if I know. We're certainly not trying to learn all of their weaknesses and flaws for any imminent invasion. My name is the Forge Master, and I represent the Question Masters, your friendly local inquisitors. You find yourself in my artificery of authenticity, and for your delectation today, I have obtained a mortal known as Nura Duroni, a very interesting person, if you don't mind may say so. Interesting that you uh, you don't know me at all, and yet you've used the short form of my name. I apologize. What what is the long form of your name? My full name is Elethnora. Elethnora Duroni. Sorry, you'll be telling you you've got a doctorate next. I do. All right, then let me start again. For your delectation today, I have obtained a mortal known as Doctor Elethnora Duroni, M.D. and. Uh, they're a very rude person, if you don't mind my saying so. You were the but, one who misnamed me and have kidnapped me despite your protestations and brought me here. I can see that you're going to be a, a difficult one today, aren't you? That depends on what you're intending of, uh, on doing. Just running you through some challenges? Have you never, you know, been taken out of your timeline and run through a series of mock trials? I'm usually on the other side of the lab rat experiments. Ah, well, then this will be a very fun day for you. Mm. Now, I have reason to believe that uh, you are connected to um, other characters in the material plane through a higher being known as Nat, who resides on a plane known as the real world. And I'm hoping that I can acquire some juicy tidbits from Nat as well. Elithnora. Now, we've already uh, had a little bit of a chat, but uh, are you ready, do you think? Ready is an interesting question, given uh, the suddenness of all of this. But I have to say I am intrigued, and I admire your quest for knowledge. Am I right in thinking you're some kind of, I don't know, what are you, ultimate power, powerful being that just does this? on a whim, because you can. You didn't really have to put much effort into bringing me out here, did you? No, not really. Um, I say, I, I I, don't suppose I've ever really thought of myself as being all-powerful, uh, you know, omniscient and omnipresent, but all-powerful seems a little bit full of myself, to be honest. Hmm. What plane are we on here? Uh, yes. Interesting. Before, uh, you know, we we do a begin this uh, this trial, so um, I do have some uh, supporters and sponsors to thank. So uh, please send your gratitude via whatever societal medium you favour to the sponsorial entities known as Phoenix Dice, and to our supporters, Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms and Bearded Ladies. Furthermore, we have a special fondness for our audience members known as the D20 Club a superior and exclusive club that you can join by supporting us on Patreon. I, I, I don't understand. I'm feeling compelled to make this shape with my hands. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, it makes no sense whatsoever. You just kind of have to go with it. Otherwise, you'll get a nosebleed. All right. 
Now, if you are unable to descend into the artificery of authenticity in person, you can always listen in on your favorite podcasting app by searching for Roll Together RPG. And if you wanted to converse with us via the mysteries of the World Wide Web, our influences spread to various societal medium under the moniker Roll Together RPG. Now, Ellis Nora, the artificery of authenticity has summoned you. Over the next, it's probably only 50 minutes by this point, uh, you shall walk about my workshop. Behind each door is a challenge to overcome. But remember, talking is a free action. At any point, if you decide you can't hope to overcome an encounter without loss of face, and trust me, there are several different interpretations of that, all of which are possible here. Uh, you could take a pass instead, at the meager cost of some of your higher beings, deepest secrets. Be wary, though, as my influence over you here only lasts an hour, by which point you'll be safely dropped back at the exact moment you left, and you'll forget about everything that ever happened here. Do you have anything to, uh, to say for yourself before we begin? I'll forget everything that ever happened here. On this plane, yes. It's just why I didn't particularly see it any point in not answering that question. Well, what is the point in any of this at all? Oh, well, I'll remember it. Of course you will. I've had yeah. a lot of people messing with my memories of late, and I do not appreciate it. Let it be known. Noted. And um, I will take it to my manager. Don't worry. I'll make you a deal. Hmm. I'll what? play along with your little game, your trials. But I'm going to record what I witness here. And if you see fit to tell me anything about this plane, about yourselves and your power, then do so. Doesn't matter if I won't remember it, right? Fair. I feel reluctant to accept a deal, considering that the last time one of us accepted a deal, they ended up trapped away in a void. So you're not all-powerful? Oh, I am. He's an idiot. I see. But you are of the same group, the same... organization. Species? Tell you what. Every two rooms that you successfully complete, I will answer one question for you. A deal. Excellent. Considering the last time one of us tried to go through some rules, they only made two anyway. I think that's fairly uh, reasonable request. <laughs> anyway, um, you should find in your pocket a D100. Hmm. Could you roll it for me? Interesting. I've never had need of one of these before. Did you put that there? I put everything here. 42. The 42, number. right. Hmm? An auspicious number. Tis a very meaningful number, indeed. Now, as I reach into my pocket and uh, you see a fob full of keys, uh, probably around 50-odd keys on this one fob, I go over to a door, just a simple wooden door, no, nothing particularly interesting about it, but uh, I put my key in the lock and the lighting behind the lock changes. And as I open the door, you can see that it leads to a wood. 
and just through the trees, if uh, you don't mind just stepping through the door and following me. I will. You can see a cabin with a light on. How do you wish to approach the cabin? I'm assuming there is something in the cabin that I need to to deal with. Probably. Is there a set way out of this room? Oh, there are many ways out of this room. Interesting. She's going to stand just inside the forest, so just past the threshold of the doorway, and just kind of look around and observe and watch the forest and watch the cabin and see if anything changes in the next minute or so. All right. Well, seeing as you're stopping and observing, let's, uh, I'll give you a perception check. I mean, my passive is 23. <laughs> uh, and my, I mean, my active matched it. Yeah. I think it's reasonable then that, um, you spot sl slightly, uh, disguised by the foliage and fallen leaves. Um, you can see a bear trap. Hmm. Is that oh. it? Who left that here? Is that your big plan for this situation? It's not my favourite room, to be honest. You'd be surprised how many people tread in it, though. I'm going to send a mage hand to just go and poke it to snap it closed. That was a little bit uh, anticlimactic, actually. And I'm slightly starting to wonder if I'm going to end up regretting our little bargain. Hmm. Well, see, I suppose. Have to give you a difficult one next. I mean, right. you might still have made this much more difficult than this appears. I'm not letting my guard down yet. Hmm. She will make her way towards the cabin, but like, hyper vigilant for any traps. I think with a passive of 23, you do spot the second bear trap as well. Um, <laughs> all right. Mage had poke it. Okay, fine. Um, he goes up to the uh, the, the cottage, um, gets his set of keys out again. Uh, could you roll me a d100? Sure. <laughs> okay, well, that's also a 42. Uh <laughs> Would you like to roll again? The and... <laughs> I, I assume you're familiar with time loops. Frustratingly, uh, no, actually. Hmm. It's a funny thing. I actually invented a, a device that might allow me to do it, but uh, but I realised quite quickly that I would not, I would not remember. So it didn't make a difference. Much like this entire situation. Tell me a little bit more about this, uh, this invention. Tell me more about your plane and your power. Oh, you first. You haven't done two rooms yet. Fair enough. Are you the kind of person that would go and collect these things? Who says that we haven't already? She's going to kind of look around the room. I can I can I've been um ritual casting detect magic as well. Sure. <laughs> during this time. You've you've not been doing anything else particularly strenuous, so I think that's reasonable. Um 
and uh, again, I mean, she obviously she's traveled to other planes before, but is just very much trying to prod the edges of this situate this forest situation and being like, is this like a holodeck style room where it's there is an edge to it, even if I can't perceive it naturally. Um, and he keeps referring to we. Like, is there anyone else watching here that she can sense? That's what she's looking for. Okay, okay. Uh, what was your role? Um, oh, it's detect magic. So detect you magic. just you just tell. I do um, it. You just you do it. It happens. Um, you look around, and the forest itself seems to be real. Um, you look back at the door, which you can still, even though you've you've kind of walked through the door of the cottage and back into the same room, um, you can see that the door is in fact um, uh, it's um, transmutational magic, uh, as it seems to be a portal. Um, you do realise as well because you're stood in the door and you can still see the door behind you. Um, you can kind of peer around the forest and you can see Anora stood at the portal door peering through. Hmm. Interesting. I like it. If I bring out, she, I mean, she, again, she's experimented with um, uh, the harmonics and the frequencies of different planes. Is there a way through this to detect magic through her instruments to figure out, like, also, I'm not expecting you, Sean, to be able to, sorry, I'm character, uh, to, to note or, like, know exactly what that is, but do we think there's a way that she'd be able to, like, does this plane have a frequency? Does it have a, a note? Or is it outside of all that? Hmm. Okay. I think that's going to be an arcana check. Yeah. Hi, Sean. Welcome to this thing that I invented that I'm now asking you to uh, make rules for. This is the this is the pop <laughs> quiz to make sure that you uh, deserve to be here. <laughs> That's only a 14. 14. Um, I think with a 14, um, Elthenora's um, frustratingly, like, she just, she's trying to kind of um, pick at the edges, like you say, um, but... Um, it's it's just kind of eluding her at this point. Huh. All right. The item I invented, I've called the Lumera Draith, Time Rescue. The point is that it can it can create a fixed point in time that if it's in danger or senses that the wielder is in danger, it will return them to. Would have been quite a useful thing to have here and in some of my previous experiences but unfortunately i left it behind in my lab i mean if you all great and mighty powerful being were able to collect it if you have already it'd be i'd be fascinated to know I can tell that you're trying to uh, massage my ego, which would be lovely if I had one. Shall we try for another room? Very well. After you. Oh, please roll me my D100 first, so that I know what key. Go on, roll another 42, I dare you. <laughs> A 71 this time. 
71. Well, I do prefer it when they're spaced out, at least. He pulls the uh, the door closed, locks it with the same key, but then uses a different key to unlock it, and then it opens again. And the room ahead is a dimly lit stone passageway. Um, very kind of sandstone-like, uh, sort of golden yellow stone. Um, there are kind of runes carved into the walls around you. Do you, please? She steps inside, taking everything in, all the details that she can. She has dark vision as well. Grant. Um, there are um, sconces with torches um, kind of in. Um, you hear a door shut and you realise that you're alone in this room now. Fair enough. Runes As along the you... wall. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry, the, the runes along the wall. Along the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, are you carrying on down this way? Presumably with your massive passive going to be keeping an eye on everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, do I recognise the runes? Are they in a language that I either... that Are they similar to a language I know or a language that I can recognise? What languages do you speak? Uh, definitely common and elvish. They are not common or elvish. It's just letters in Roman numerals written down the... Oh, okay. Uh, Abyssal, common, dwarvish, elvish, and primordial. Okay, interesting. Um, It's not a language that you speak, but the the glyphs um, are... uh, they, They share a root with Abyssal. Oh, I do not trust this at all. Okay. Uh, I would like... Uh, with the detect magic up, do I still... Still, do I see anything? Does anything else ping? Um, you do, actually. So, um... You see, um... Ahead of you is, um... There's a, there's a chamber, so this this passageway opens out into a chamber, and um, in the middle of um, which you can see a um, an en- enchantingly beautiful object. So enchantingly beautiful, in fact, I'm going to ask you for a wisdom save. <laughs> so enchantingly beautiful. <laughs> uh, sure, wisdom save. Yeah. Uh, uh, Twenty-two. Famously good at them. Um, yeah, you you. You don't feel any compulsion to do anything particularly, but um, it is a particularly beautiful object. Um, but you, you can't. It's it's a bit too far away for you to really examine it from here. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, in that case, assuming I don't spot any signs of traps in this runic corridor, we'll head down. Uh, when I'm within 120 feet of the gem, mm. I would like to set off a a firebolt past it not trying to hit it not mm-hmm. not gem object um yeah. i'd let yeah like to send a firebolt off just like within five feet of it but definitely going past it see if anything happens yeah no worries um i think i'm gonna ask for a pass uh, a 
an active perception check sure, sure, for sure. this one. Opa. Uh, 19. 19. Um, so you, you, you do this, you, you throw the, the firebolt past um, the beautiful object and you notice that it's encased in a kind of glass-like orb. Um, which seems to be upon a plinth that it's it's not a kind of straight up and down plinth. It's 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 almost organic in its kind of um odd shape. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's like a cornucopia, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh continuing to walk towards this object, looking for any sign of like anything else in this room that might be do I need to put the do I need to move the object? Do I need to, is it just a question of accessing the object? Is there anything else interactable in this space? Um, as you move into the chamber, um, a kind of larger picture resolves that you couldn't see from the narrow perspective of the corridor. Uh, you notice that the entire floor um, has been carved into a large um, uh, like depiction of a beholder. Um, and you realize that your detect magic has uh, gone down because you are within the anti-magic cone mm. projected by this gem. Yeah. Are this you going to get out of this one? <laughs> this may prove more of a problem. You, you hear the dulcet tones just saying, two rooms. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, can I... Nora is not an adventurer. She is a scientist. But mm. could I possibly make a history check to see if she's heard of beholders, her nose like about them? See if like Nora's knowledge of beholders matches Nat's knowledge of beholders, which to be fair is not all encompassing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh yeah, give me an uh, no, yeah, history or arcana I'd be happy with because they are kind of magical beings of a particular I mean, I'll note. take an arcana if you give it to me. I'm giving you an arcana. That's very kind I've of you. I've taken away your magic. I'm not going to take away your knowledge. <laughs> That's a 28, then. Nice. What would it have been if it was a... Uh, 24 for history. I rolled a 19. I mean, still. Um, yeah, I would say that um, Elith Nora's knowledge of beholders um, is probably pretty extensive. Um they are obviously creatures of a uh you know of the outer sort of planes um and i imagine would have um had particular interest due to um many of their deathless properties uh, mm -hmm. it seems like they only die when they feel like it so um all right for some i think uh nora would be aware that um they, they have a variety of different rays available to them, uh, one of which is the anti-magic uh, cone, uh, which comes out of its central eye, typically. But, you know, this um, pictorial depiction of one, it's 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 not exactly on, on the nose. Like, uh, I mean, they don't even have a nose. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of taken some liberties. So there is a an eye stalk here with, with the anti-magic cone coming out of it instead of the central eye. Uh, and you notice a couple of other stalks and you rack your brains for 
what the other stalks are and you're fairly certain there's a there's a burny one and there's a freezing one and there's an automatic death one burny one technical language there um could, could i clarify so before i entered the room it was definitely like a beautiful object and you said that there was a beholder carving on the floor but mm-hmm. has the beautiful object moved done anything said anything to reveal that it is a beholder um, no, this seems to be a room which is just trying to replicate the effects of a beholder. Okay. In that case, knowing that its anti-magic cone is indeed a cone, I think Nora, I mean, she's she's not particularly charismatic uh, or performancey, but she's going to try and do her best impression of someone who is just looking around the whole room and is going to try and walk around this thing to the other side of it like, Hmm, interesting. And like taking taking notes of the she's got her little um little notebook out and is like doing little sketches of stuff and trying to walk around to the back of this thing. Okay. Um as you leave the anti-magic cone, one of the other eye stalks uh, on a plinth starts to swivel around towards you. Hello. Uh give me a dexterity save. <laughs> Uh, oh, the dice are kind to me today. That was an 18. Uh, yes. Forearmed with your knowledge of um, beholders and their variety of rays, you're not going to take any chances and uh, you manage to kind of quickly duck out of the way as a fireball um, blasts its way past you. Um, you do notice that a couple of the other eye stalks, there's four of them in total, not including the, the, the beauty holding one. Um that are all swiveling towards you. Well, no, 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 let's not be hasty. I've never met one of you before, but I've read all about you and you are fascinating. I would love a chance to talk more. Give me a persuasion roll. Hmm. This is where my downfall happens. Nope, rolled off the desk. You can't hit the desk, you can't hit the polder. (laughs) That's only a 10. Only a 10. Um, I would say that you you get the impression that this this room is is just a simulacrum. It's it's not an actual beholder, this one. Um, So someone has just gone to a lot of trouble to try and, um, for one thing, make a pun. Um, Duty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. uh, And then also create a death trap. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's no other obvious, like, there's no other door in this room? There's no obvious way out? Not that you can see, but I will give you an investigation roll. Okay. Uh, okay, that, that, we're, we're back to business. That's another 28. 28. Uh, yes, with a 28, you... Um, <laughs> keeping this dice forever, by the way. <laughs> it loves me today. Um, yeah, with a 28, um, as you're kind of... Tr- backing away trying to um uh find uh a, a spot like a blind spot from these uh these mimic eyes um you spot on the wall there is um a, a glyph in the language that you don't speak but uh that you thankfully recognize being very close to the abyssal for exit just a glyph on the wall just a glyph on the wall okay um has the beholder turned around so I am in its anti-magic cone again, or is it just the stalks? Um, that one doesn't seem to be swivelling. Um, it's the other ones that you presume mimic other eye stalks. 
um, now that you are out of the anti-magic and they can shoot at you, uh, they are attempting to do so. Okay. I'm going to... Um, uh, beep, 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 on my, uh, on my bracer of many magic things. And uh, I'm going to try and cast my momentary stasis, not spell, class ability. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know if I can make a constitution saving throw. Um, sure, I will. I will roll a constitution save for the room. There we go. I'm gonna... I'm gonna be kind. I'm going to assume that a room does not have any stats. So that is a 13 on the dice. Okay, that is very kind. Uh, it's a 17 to pass. So, uh, well, that, I guess that's the, the question then. If it's the room and not an actual beholder, as an action, you can magically force a large or smaller creature you can see within 60 feet of you. Uh, I'm going to be kind and uh, wibbly-wobbly with the rules, considering that, um, you know, the, the the brief for this room is that it's a beholder, but, you know, <laughs> I, I started and then I went too far and, and I can't pull it back. So, sure. The room is a creature. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so I've got six seconds where it's encased in a field of magical energy and it's incapacitated mm -hmm. until it takes damage. Um so in those six seconds, I'm going to run around and uh, try and push the glyph. Cool. Uh, you push the glyph and um, the um, slab that it's carved into moves away and you can see that there is a um, slide. It, it kind of le like leans out, uh, <laughs> revealing this slide. Like a fun slide? Or a danger slide? <laughs> I mean, you'll find that out <laughs> in the journey. <laughs> Oh, sod it. In for a penny, in for a pound. Those words don't mean anything. In for a copper, in for a gold. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, you you slide down. Uh, it does turn out to be uh, slightly more on the fun side slide. Um, try saying that five times faster. I certainly will not. Um, <laughs> Nora but, does uh, not it, laugh it, or say we. Kind of, sorry? Nora does not laugh or say we. She's like... Mm. I don't does, trust this life. But does she think it? Tiny bit. Just a um, tiny bit. It kind of spirals like a helter-skelter, and then um, you emerge out in um, a very dusty room. It's very similar to the other one, but it's almost like a back-of-house area, like this kind of wooden props holding up bits of the ceiling, and uh, you do notice that the Forge Master is stood in the middle. Two rooms in. Is this another room in your workshop, or is this the workshop itself? I mean, this is the, the, the safe room, you know, for moving on to the next room, but uh, no deal's a deal. What's your question? Hmm. On the assumption that you are going to answer this with absolute candor, has anyone made it here without you bringing them here yourselves? And I use you in the your organization sense, not just you personally. Yes. Who? I suppose you want more than that. I would uh, yes, there have been a few that have managed to make their way to this plane. Um, it is not immune to the effects of uh, planar hopping. Um, it's normally one that you need uh, the coordinates for. Mm -hmm. However, it has been known. We have a 
horde of kobolds, and to be quite honest, we don't know where they keep coming from. Huh. Interesting. We have kobolds on the material plane as well. Are they the same right. kind of kobolds, or are these magical time and space kobolds like you? I don't know. They really like jam. Interesting. She'll add to her notebook. So maybe they're spell jammers. Anyway, roll a d100. Nora has not been to the Astral Sea and does not get that terrible pun. <laughs> the shame. It was boo-worthy. <laughs> it was boo-worthy. I do have a look. Okay, there you go. Boo. Do you feel better now? I do. <laughs> Nora's like another thing in my pocket. Um, I, my, my percentile die is really stuck on 40 today. Um, mm -hmm. So that is a 41. <laughs> 41, which... Um, back to the forest, do I need to roll again? <laughs> um, yeah, roll again, roll again. <laughs> we go through the forest. I prod yeah. the traps, right? I know where they are. Okay, ooh. This is going to become a theme, I think. <laughs> 99. Ooh, I've got to scroll back down. Mm. Right. Oh, I like this one. Um, the Forge Master, um, as you reach the cottage again, having avoided um, all three of the bear traps, because he spent the time while you were in that room putting a third one down, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, um, he opens it up and um, you instantly, as soon as the door kind of starts to open, you um, hear the jingle jangle of many similar objects to those on his loop. Uh, and as you peer into the room, you can see that um, every... Um, square inch of this space there are just hanging keys uh, some of them kind of the, the chub kind some of them deadbolt um, there's a couple of kind of geographical keys with like topographical maps on um, every kind of key that you could want hmm. is there you can a... even hear the sound of um, lapping water and you assume that this has been built on a key purely for the uh, completion. <laughs> the terrible pun I don't suppose in your infinite wisdom and uh, addiction to puns, you've actually included a key to the solving of this mystery as well, have you? I tell you what, um, the uh, original iteration of this room did have that. However, I was told um, unequivocally that I had to remove it. Fair enough. So someone in your organization has some sense then. I'm not sure entirely what you mean. Well, you didn't want it, be, it to be too easy now, did you? Is there a door? There is a door. There is a door. Um, it is the one area that is not covered in keys, um, mm -hmm. and there is, in fact, even a doormat that just says welcome on it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just try the door handle, just mm -hmm. to be on the safe side. The door is locked. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I will. I mean, I I know that Nat knows the answer to this. I know. So... I'm trying to to not cheat. Um... So I think maybe roll an investigation roll. See how Nora <laughs> does. I mean, you know, we're erring on the side of you're probably going to get it. Oh, well, I mean, that is a Nat one. The dice yes. now, but the dice now betrayed me. Uh, it's still a ten for an investigation check, though. Ten. 
Yeah, but a natural one is a natural know, one is a natural yeah. one. Um, no, <laughs> Nora is stood on the map, looking around everywhere, um, and very much unlike the the princess and the pea, is completely oblivious to very the real location of the key. She's got very thick boots. Yeah. We've got to trudge through a wasteland in them, so. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, to be fair, those boots were probably stolen off someone else because she would have not been wearing sturdy, like, she would have been wearing boots at Nexus, but she would not have been wearing sturdy enough boots. Um, anyway, I think, I mean, I think it's going to come down to detect magic again. That old, that old pal, that old friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and to save time, I will go on. I'll expend a spell slot. Okay. Uh, and do it instantaneously. See if I get any slightly different pings off any of the keys at all. Um, some of the keys are magical, but um, none of them seem to have the same um, sort of uh, transmutational ping that the Forge Master's keys give. Um, some of them are illusion, some of them are charm, um, one of them's evocation. Um, so you, f- you feel like they're kind of um, decoy keys or like, you know, fake trap keys to really mess with people when they're uh, in the room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's even an acrotic key and you're not entirely sure why. Interesting. But I mean, what happens if I, uh, if I put that one in the door? Well, the necromancy key. Uh, you open it, and um, it's like a jack-in-the-box, but with a zombie on the end. Uh-huh. No, I've been dealing with enough zombies. That's not as fun as it might have been otherwise. Thank you for just straight up telling me, though. I don't suppose you're going to just tell me the answer. Um, I mean, if you are stumped, you could always, uh, you know... Oh, no, 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 I'm not stumped. I'm not done yet. I just thought you told me that so easily. You might just be persuaded to spill the beans. Oh, it's, it's more that I didn't have the stat block up. I didn't really fancy it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of the... Okay, so I can see that there are magical keys and non-magical keys. The keys mm-hmm. that are on the, the, the Forge Master uses, are they magical are they pinging as magical they seem to be um yeah the there's something to do with the uh the keys that he carries and the uh the portal doors um the the doors themselves seem to be kind of fairly generic portals mm-hmm. um whereas his keys are the ones that actually decide where it goes yeah so uh, i think you just see a little flash of slight disappointment in uh, in Nora's eyes she spots that your keys are like properly magical, meaning that she can't cast animate objects on them. Strangling with his own keys. <laughs> but there's the, the there's plots and machinations and like, could I? Oh no, that's a shame. Hmm, something else maybe. Uh, going on there. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm going to. I don't want to. I don't want to spend my only fifth level spell slot. Oh, there's not enough. Uh, th- there's too many non-magical keys to uh, to cast animate objects on them all. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of something 
more clever than uh, than just beat the forge master to death with keys. Yeah. Maybe I just fireball the entire room. You know, just. <laughs> She said that out loud. <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I will I will say it it's not a large room. So you know, you would you would have to push yourself right into the very corner and you'd be kind of digging like key hooks into your into yourself if you in j- just in the attempt to <laughs> yeah, try and yeah. range. No, she's not uh she's not gonna try it. Um Interesting. I'm going to try dimension dooring my way out. Fun. Okay. Um, dimension door does not have to be a place I can see. It can be one I can visualize or one mm-hmm. I can describe by stating distance and direction, such as 200 okay. feet downwards or upwards. Um, so I think she's going to try and visualize the safe room that we were just in before. Okay. Um, does Dimension Door say anything about having to be on the same plane? Or like in the same look? Like, does it have a... Other spot. Um, within range. It has to be within 500 feet. So okay. we might already be further than 500 feet. So I think within 500 feet assumes it's got to be on the same plane. Hmm. Okay. Roll me a survival check. Ooh. No, I'm not giving you uh, not giving you Arcana this time. <laughs> no, fair enough. I mean, my survival is still very good. Uh, that's a seventeen. Seventeen. Um, I think you you as you're casting the spell, so, something just kind of gives you the sense that um, five hundred feet to the safe room is not going to be enough. Um, not necessarily because of a crossways, but more kind of. It, it felt like it was deeper underground. Um, so some, something tells you maybe not. But um, you do recall that um, you heard the sounds of kind of lapping waves. So um, you mm. instead tried to visualize a, a key and um, you can dimension door yourself to the outside of this room where you are just stood on a dock. Great. Uh, yeah, we'll you look that. back and you can see the... Again, it's almost like backstage in a theatre, like the backs of the flats are never as um, neat or tidy. Um, mm. Just just MDF and little, little kind of um, mismatched bolts where the all of the key hooks have been screwed in. Now, see, that's interesting because that implies that it's actually not as sturdy or secure as it might have been. I'm just going to try... Unless, of course, the whole thing is an illusion and we're all just trying to make you think that we're not as all-powerful as we try to convince you that we are. Hmm. I'm just going to cast Firebolt at the back of the the wooden MDF standee to see if it catches fire or knocks anything over or does anything. Yeah, it catches fire and it falls inward. All right. I think I'm going to say it. Talking is a free action. Mm -hmm. And as we are taken away from the scene <laughs> the smoldering key room and uh, the curtains being drawn away uh, hi Nat hi Sean hello hi uh, yeah we we were talking before we realised that uh, we'd never done this no in fact no. I don't think we've done it the other way either have we uh 
no, no, I've, I've not interviewed you nor been interviewed by you either talking as a free action or talk together. Obviously, we've been in like group talk together as well. We've been in the same mm. campaign, but uh, yeah. I mean, Sorry, they, they I'm being a nightmare. Huh? <laughs> being honest with you, like when when I, you know, we, we kind of worked out who was going to do what I was like, Nora is not going to take kindly to being taken out of like anything. So no, this has gone exactly as I expected it to now. Don't worry. You've been saved. Do you want to give me the... time and roll me and do 100? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 sure. Uh, Sorry, I, what you I was going to say, well, we Josh saved you the... Um, the, the having to deal with Tony instead, so uh, you know, <laughs> small mercies. Yeah, fair. Uh, Ninety-five. Ninety-five. Scrolling all the way back down. I think that's one of the um, old questions, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll ask the question and then you tell me. Um, who's the best villain you've ever faced in a game? Mm. Quite an open-ended one. So I'm. I'm assuming it probably means D&D, but if you feel particularly drawn to a villain from a uh, video game, you may delve there as well. Mm. Uh, okay, um, just pinging through. So, um, I mean, so Jurok Antony, or Antony, sorry, uh, was, was fun. But I feel like by the time we fought him in Death's Door, he was so mm. far removed from the, the machinating, powerful wizard that I feel like we we missed like the, the peak bad guy era. It was more like, this is more monster than man now. Um, so I think like as part of the saga, he's a great villain. Um, but I feel like even though we've defeated him, there's, there's more to see. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that being the DM that invented him, but I feel like there's more. I mean, he's another chronomancer. Um, like he and he he doesn't work chronologically either. So <laughs> it's fully possible that we could circle back and, you know, a previous version of him from any point in his timeline could mm. could emerge. Um, but at the same time, I've you know he's been the villain of three things. I feel like he's he needs a rest. Possibly, possibly, possibly. Um, I, mean, I feel like uh, currently on Tuesdays uh, is our uh, rerun of Wreckage of Mithra Noor and Nezaril was really interesting because they were not they were not a villain in the the classic sense. And I think that for me, I I love uh, a camp over the top villain, a proper like <laughs> kind of villain. But also, I think the majority of uh, like really good villains out there you can see their point of view um mm. and they're doing like the wrong thing but for the right reasons or or that kind of thing and i think nezaril falls very much into that camp and i thought chris played them really really well like just being able to sort of um play a character that is like working six seconds uh ahead at all times and trying to um, plot out every possible and it's thousands of a thousand odd years old and um, and has that level of manipulation um, which yeah I thought were, was played really really well um, and I mean, in a way that's kind of the I, I, I don't make any claims to, to, 
to playing a character well or not it's kind of by the by is is just how i play a character but it's that vibe that i'm going for with nura is she's done some bad shit and in some campaigns mm. she's been a she was a villain in your one shot and mm -hmm. the um the the team the the nexus players were all like here when they heard her um when they heard her audio logs they were all like oh she she's a bad guy she she's a villain like no one with that voice could be could be good um so that's what i'm enjoying in this campaign is playing with that sense of yeah she's done some bad shit and back to the wall she will again and she's got that level of pragmatism about her that is a bit detached from feelings but also she too hath feelings and reasons for her motivation, uh, mo reasons for her motivation for why she does what she does. Mm. Um, so that, that's why I was very excited when Mike was like, "Do you want to play her?" I was like, "Yes!" Um, so I could actually, after being denied twice, <laughs> twice. Could, could we have a hail mary and both of us survive? No, no, but can, sure. Can I, can I play one? No, Tony. <laughs> oh, but honestly, I was I was fully prepared to play Nura for Tom's campaign. And then I could just, I could just tell from the way that he, like, we were chatting about stuff on the Discord that he was like, he, I could tell he wanted me to play Tony. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and she was very fun and fit that. But yeah, so yeah, actually having a chance to play Neuro properly um, is great. And then in terms of other, I'll tell you what, actually, on the mwahaha side of things, um, so uh, I also play with a group called Merely Role Players, and we do um, exclusively podcast uh, versions of TTRPGs, and we don't do D and D. So we've been we've got this long running campaign of Monster of the Week that we've called Vigil, that is kind of like uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer if it was set in uh, an old English market town in the modern day. Um, but everyone is like monster hunters, and uh, my character is kind of. She, she's the closest thing to uh, in D&D &D terms would be like an Asimar nature paladin basically mm. um, but one of the the, the last um, series that I recorded with them as my character pointed the, the bad guy in it oh god what was his name Max Max Dashwood and he was the leader of the local cult of wizards that was trying to bring about like he decided that the equivalent of the, the like the, the world the material plane um was was screwed because there's an apocalypse coming so i'm going to create my own plane where just it's like the equivalent of like all the rich people get in a rocket and leave the earth as it's exploding that's what he was trying to do but the way so um matt our dm um wonderful wonderful matt the way he played him was just so smarmy awful like everyone just wanted to slap him all the time um to the point of which he th this uh this character like um proclaimed his uh his ascension by basically doing a the equivalent of like a major image in the sky of like biblically accurate angels so all the rings and all the wings and the eyes and just just being like i can't remember what it is he, he said but it, it was something like um like, behold the oncoming rise of your new lord and master. <laughs> like, just probably, like, angelic. And, um, yeah, it, it was incredibly over the top and just brilliant. Like, hilarious and awful at the same time. 
So, yeah, I, I like my villain to either be like very camp or have like could could have been a good guy, but for the grace of the gods, kind of thing. Kind of Thanos or Thanos I don't know if Jim Carrey's the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right reason. Very much the wrong like the wrong route. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm worried that uh, Nora's not going to let us uh, have another question, so I'm going to t take my chance <laughs> and get, uh, get a question in now. So sure. another D100, if you will. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, 38. 38, scrolling back up. Um, okay. Probably a quick question, this one. Uh -huh. um, would you rather step on 10 D4s all at once or 1 D4 every day for 10 days? Uh, 10 D4s all at once because... At that point, it's getting to be like one of those um, uh, Shakti mats that are all the spikes. Have you seen those? Like, yeah, like the equivalent of a bed of nails, right? Yeah, yeah. But then, is is do they work because of the kind of even spacedness? I'm I'm imagining someone's just literally rolled D fours. You might not even. I guess that's all of them. Yeah, that's the question. Is the are the D fours clumped together, um, evenly spaced out? Am I aware that I'm about to step on them? Is it by surprise? Is it like, oh, I step on one and fall over and then land on a bunch of others? Because um, that's dangerous, kids. Don't try that at home. Um, I st Honestly, I still think getting it out of the way is probably yeah. uh, the way I'd go. Yeah, it becomes more psychological horror if you know that yeah. every day. Especially if you good. don't know where it is. <laughs> like, it's one thing if you like, no. Okay, well, I've got a D4 and it's there and I've got to make sure I stand on it every day. Uh, but yeah, if you don't know when it's when it's going to strike. Tricksy things. Also yeah. depends on the D4 because... Like, oh, if you've got some of the super sharp metal ones. Not metal, actually. These ones are plastic. But okay, so I got a bunch of dice sets for Christmas. And, oh, where did it go? Okay. So, um, so this one is, is quite sharp, but not like it's got nice rounded... These are the, the dice that I used for Nora, by the way, sparkly purple. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. So it's got a bit of a rounded edge. These other ones, these are my husband got these for me, and these are technically cheese. Uh, so they've got little like divots in, but look how sharp that is at the top. That, yeah, that's nasty. That is sharp. Um, I would not want to step on that one. So can I choose to do four <laughs> in this scenario? Mm, no. Okay. Um, I've that was such a quick question. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask for one more. Oh, so cheeky! All right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm not particularly worried about the uh, the timekeeper badge right now because uh, I I know that the uh, the bar is very high. Well, I I feel hard done by there because it was both reset and then uh, and then Tom Tom took it away from me in in the space of one episode. But in the space of five minutes, he was like, "Oh yeah, we hit fifty episodes. We should reset it," and then proceeded to uh, lure me and waffle for another nine minutes. Tom. Uh, that was a 50. 50, five, zero. Um, the Dragon Within by Tine Vandermeer is a classic, obviously. But mm. what would your character name their tell-all memoir? And what juicy secrets or illicit affairs might be revealed? And uh, who would play them in the film version of their biography as well? Okay. Oh, that's a, that's a lot of questions in one. Okay. That is. Um, I'll I'll deal with the the last part first because that's the easiest. 
Uh, I say the easiest, but I've immediately forgotten the actor's name. Uh, so I, I've mentioned this to people off air. I can't remember if I said it on air before. When I first designed Nora, she was based off the character Moira from Overwatch, um, mm. who is uh, uh, my favorite character to play in that game. And she has very evil scientist vibes. Mm. Um, and I think it's, I'm just looking up the actor who plays her because it would be her. Uh, it's Genevieve. Come on. Come on, scroll. Genevieve O'Reilly, uh, who also plays Mon Mothma in all of the new Star Warsy things and like Andor and and all of those. Um, obviously, in Star Wars, she's not speaking with her natural Irish accent, but in Overwatch, she does. Um, yeah. And basically, Nora's voice is Moira. <laughs> like that, that's literally just taken. And Genevieve O'Reilly is like she's she's tall, and I think she would. Uh, yeah, I, she's about the right age as well. So that's it. I was originally thinking like maybe like a slightly older Saoirse Ronan as well because she's got a bit more of an elven face, but mm. uh, I think you just need a bit more of that maturity underneath. Because mm. um, uh, yeah, I mean like there's weird elvish aging. So Nora's the equivalent of about forty in human years, but she's actually like seventy three. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the memoir. Mm. So this is interesting because I again I think she's such a like a private keep it all take that emotion squash it down <laughs> don't let anyone know um and I don't want to get too spoilery as well because obviously we've um we've already recorded the whole series and this is coming out after episode two what is time what is time well exactly and that's exactly what Nura's trying to do <laughs> trying to figure out um so I guess would it, it would it would probably be more factual rather than juicy secrets. Yeah, she'd. Uh, I think. Okay, so like her a scientific dossier. Exactly. Her goals. The reason for working at Nexus in the first place, even though she thinks that Gregarious Tusk was an asshole, was she wants to democratize magic. She wants to make sure that people who were not born in a situation where they had natural magic but also couldn't afford to or couldn't access the libraries to study as a wizard could hmm. so the the device the nexomancer device that she invented that sent her to corazon and ended up with all of this nonsense um that she was working on that to basically try and create uh, a more like handheld portal like interplanar travel device that could be marketed and sold to merchants who are non-magical but like could could now go and 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 sell their wares cross planes and think of all the, the the great science that could be done if people from different planes work together with your different materials and all the new things and innovations that could happen that's the goal that she's motivated by and she has a bit of a um like she is furious about the the lord's alliance sort of controlling and putting barriers in the way of people getting super powerful. Um, she recognizes that some people are idiots and should not have access to ultimate power. But um, but yes, yeah, so I think you're right. I think it would be like when she's finished and made sure that her um, her new inventions are properly like 
foolproof and work than it would be not just like wanting to release the inventions but like proper scientific dossiers and documents and research papers being like here here is my research take it and do go on and do great things with it hmm. um because she's not the kind of evil genius that's sitting there going aha the power will all be mine and i will hoard everything on my own she's not a dragon um so yeah i think that's more along the lines of the thing that she would um she would research but we do know from nexus that she is want to keep audio logs <laughs> <laughs> which which do which do pass comment on people around her and it's something that i feel i intended to do for mike's campaign for Doroni's echo is like make note of like by the way while we're just sitting here researching nora is just like recording just muttering into her her, her wrist bracer uh and making little dear diary entries but i completely forgot um so please just imagine that yeah. We we'll, we'll assume it happened during the yeah, uh, exactly. montage. Yeah. So I, I can't remember if the montage has happened yet. That's the next episode. Look out for the montage. Yeah. I feel uh, like we talked about doing a montage in two, didn't we? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think it was like at the very end, but it might have been off air and Mike was like, okay, now you're in this place where you can do some research. We'll just do a montage of your hit list of things. Um and we still managed to, <laughs> this montage, but still manages to, hey, look, we like to chat and we like to play around and make sure that everyone knows all of the details. So uh, it's maybe not as quick as Mike intended it to be. <laughs> um, we said it before, like, it, it felt like an adventure that could have been a six-parter squeezed into a four. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, hi. Shall we go see how Nora's doing? Yes. Please let's. Okay. Um, so as we go back through the uh, the veil, um, right, this door should still be functional even though it's on fire. Please could you roll me a d one hundred? I'm afraid this might be your last room. But still, the second. So our deal still stands. You've already asked me a question. Yes, you we had... said every two rooms. I'll give you one more question. If you complete this room. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, I'm, I'm just, look, I'm cheating slightly because I've rolled multiple, oh my god, we're now struck on 50s. Uh, there we go. Okay, that's different. Um, more more 42s. <laughs> we go through the um, forest twice and there's an extra bear trap there's each more time. more bear traps. <laughs> no, Eventually it's just bear traps all over. I'm, I'm going for your ankles. <laughs> Does this count if we've been through this one again? Does that count as my two? No, this is the same room several times. I feel that's bullshit. Right. Yeah, a lot of this is bullshit, to be fair. It seems like it. 38. 38. So. <laughs> the, um... Question master, um, so yeah, that's what he is, uh, the forge master. Um, uses a key from the the fob, unlocks the door, and you can see that it's um, it opens out into a um, what looks like an attic, like um, stairs leading up to an attic. But he kind of tuts and frowns. At, oh, sorry, this one's um, actually empty. Um, there's no point in going in there. Tell you what, 
he shuts the door, locks it again, and gets out another set of keys with significantly fewer keys on it. Um, opens the door, and um, this time it's a completely, um, completely different room on the other side. A very bare room. In fact, it's it's little more than um, white painted walls. Um, but um, as you um, walk into the room, you can see that um, on a little round table in the centre of the room, there is a scroll. Do you want to read the scroll? Go on, read the scroll. You seem very keen on me reading the scroll. I mean, that's the entire point of this room. There's very little else in it apart from the scroll. I'm going to assume that uh, you have Detect Magic up, so you can tell that there is nothing magical about this scroll. It is not a spell scroll. Okay. She, she is, like, raising an eyebrow at the Forge Master, but we'll, we'll head over and open it. Um, upon the scroll is a riddle. Um, the riddle says, What has eyes but cannot see? Words. That's a very clever answer to that riddle, actually. He clicks his fingers, and um, the room just explodes in sound, and um, also just words appear on the walls. Each of the words has an eye in them, so they're all appropriate for this uh, riddle. Um but the the assault on your senses of all of this kind of visual suddenly coming at you the the sounds these eye words being screamed at you uh, it's quite disorientating uh, so please mm. could you make a charisma save charisma save yeah oh my one weakness actually no that's also strength okay okay my two two weaknesses <laughs> my, my two like weaknesses it. are charisma and well, and, and and also wanting to quash my three weaknesses no uh 12. 12. um as this this kind of barrage um just kind of really starts to to hammer in you can feel the kind of um overload of information um start you know, just a little kind of nosebleed dribble starts as well um but almost as soon as it started, um, it stops, and you're sat in a chair in the middle of a uh, an artificer's workshop. Is that it? Is what it? Was that the the room? The challenge was just to be screamed at. It depends what you say, really. What other answers would there have been? This is not my question. Oh, I know it's not your question, because your question was, was that it? I'm going to try casting Banishment on the Forge Master. Could you please make me... <laughs> a counter spell. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, stupid. Yeah. Did I... Oh, no, Camp Spell, Camp Spell. Bastard. Um, all right. Well, I got a natural one. So where is... <laughs> So I'm going to I'm going to tell you now. Um, the Forge Master, um, prior to being a um, um, prior to being a Question Master, was a, um, a an Earth Genasi. So you banish him to the plane of Earth. 
uh, and you are stood in the middle of a uh, an empty workshop uh, with little more than a waiting camera crew waiting for the episode to be uh, to be closed off uh, and a big red button on the side oh so he actually wasn't from here originally interesting She's going to, like, aware that there's camera crew. And then just go around and, um, like, it, like anything that is on the tables, that like, if there's any information, any notes, any research, anything, like, I'll read it. I'll read it all. So as Nora is um, investigating and um, digesting all of this information, does does she investigate the big red button at all? Does it have any words on it? Any runes? Uh, it says release. Hmm. Is that my way out of here? Uh, assuming that that is the case, she will wait until she's satisfied that she has like gathered all the information she can about this place first and aware that the forge master said that i would forget everything she is going to have written it down but doesn't trust that that would actually do it is going to try casting encode thoughts to uh and store that in her bracer as well just to see if that also works but again, is aware like wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, and also mm -hmm. all powerful beings probably won't. Um, and then uh, you're like, very well. I'm a little busy at the moment, but maybe I'll come back and visit you all again once I get my uh, invention working. Goodbye then, and I'm going to push the release button. Cool. Um, and then you you hear um, the sounds of um, kind of dimensional warp, and then um, one of the doors um, just kind of creaks open, and out steps the playmaker. What, uh, what happened? Where am I? Who are you? Who are you? Um... Uh, who, who are you? you? You're not a question master, are you? You're not. How long has it been? It feels like it's been eighty-four years. Maybe I am a question master. Oh, you look, you look, um, uh, we're in the Forge Master's place. Where's the Forge Master? Don't know. Okay. Where did he come from originally? I have no idea. Well, that's where he is. Oh, no. And who are you? Uh, my name is the Playmaker. How do you do? And your name is? Dr. Elethonora Durrani. Oh, we're using our made-up names. I don't actually remember what my made-up name is. Made-up name? Yeah. Oh, real it... name, you called them. Uh -huh. Right. Well, uh, your colleague... Colleague? You seem colleague. to know him. Yes, yes colleague. Yes. Uh, we graduated so... together. That's sweet. Yes, um, it is. I'm kind, this was fun. I'm kind of in the middle of helping sort out a, a situation that I inflicted upon some people. Uh, oh. I don't suppose you could send me back to the material plane, could you? Oh, you're, oh, you're one of the people that we've picked. Yes, yes, yes. Um, 
uh, wave my hands and a door opens and uh, bye. Do you want to go through? You sound... Are you okay? Where have you been? In a very dark place. Don't go through that door. Okay, I don't... And if you ever meet a tabaxi named Fluffles on a material plane, run. Now, there's an interesting thing. Your friend, the Forge Master, said that I would forget everything as soon as I left this plane. Yes. If it's a situation as serious as you implied there, surely it would be behooven of you to make sure that I remember to stay away from Fluffles. So I have to keep my memories thing, of here. That's the one thing that you're going to remember, and I'm not going to break any more rules, because the last time I broke rules, I ended up in that void, and I'm not having to have it again now. Please leave me alone. Okay, I don't want to deal with the sniveling. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. When's the Force Master coming back? I mean, I think that the Forge Master has just made the same uh, mistake as the Playmaker. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to do the outro in uh, in my own voice. Um, thank you all and sundry for joining us for Talking is a Free Action. Um, we upload new content most Wednesdays, and you can join us on Mondays and Tuesdays from 6 to 9 p.m. for our live streams, where we watch the exploits of characters such as Nura Durrani from The Shadows. I mean, we watch it on YouTube. I don't have to do the, the real bit anymore, do I? Um, uh, or you can catch us on Fridays where we play other TTRPGs. So uh, on Monday, you can currently watch um, Nora and her friends in Juroni's Echo. Uh, on Tuesdays, we take a trip down memory lane with the wreckage of Mythbrenor. Um, and on Fridays, we are currently playing Blades in the Dark. All of this streams at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG. VODs are available immediately after the stream to catch up, um, or you can find all of our content on YouTube a few days later. And don't forget, you can also enjoy them as a podcast. Many thanks again to our D20 Club on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you can do so from as little as one of your local currency per month or by sending Tom a goat. Um, and thank you also to all of our sponsors and supporters. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Playmaker has already dismissed Nora, so... Um, all that really remains for us to say is stay classy at the table. I'm so glad to be back. 